The U.S. Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov career usbp. How should you plan for when your home becomes too small? Or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender. Well, hello there. Good evening. It is time for another edition of the Wolves Fancast. Adam Price is your illustrious host again this evening, and I have a threesome of pundits with me this evening. I have Jake King. Hello. I have Hoops. Hello. I have Andy. Hello. First of all, gentlemen, how are we this evening? Are we good? I'm. Are we I- bad? I'm illustrious. Are we indifferent? <laughs> <laughs> I wish you hadn't said threesome. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of throwing me off my uh, game a little bit. Yeah, you pay extra for that, don't you? Really, <laughs> we're good on this sort of um, wintry evening now, isn't it? It's getting cold. It's oh getting yeah, cold early nights dark. are coming in. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're right. We're we're allowed joke chat in the WhatsApp group now. Seeing as though the three of us saw it yesterday, I'm referring to mm. myself, Andy, and Hoops there. Yeah, I think ah, I think yes. we've all finally seen it now, haven't we? Jake, have you saw it? Yeah, Jake. I'm very crap on the WhatsApp. I'm not you're just lie. not. You're not there. <laughs> <laughs> No, we we had a. I wouldn't say it was official. It was just a very impromptu. A few of us from the fan cast went to the Lighthouse Cinema. Uh, if you're listening, Lighthouse Cinema, and want to send us some tickets, you can. But uh, <laughs> um, but no, we had a good time. Went to uh, to watch the Joker. So we won't give any spoilers away. But really good watch. So my yeah. debut watching the film in the Lighthouse Cinema. Oh, it's a good Ruddy, one. Ruddy bloody enjoyed it as well. I thought it was really good. It's nice. good. And it's nice to support the. Uh, the independent cinemas because they get a bit of a rough time of it to be honest so I think yeah, if yeah. you ever get a chance to see a film if they're sharing it at the lighthouse it's always worth going you can have a beer as well in your seat which is quite good where is it? Um, so it's kind of building? back of Broad Street in Walls yeah. Yeah. but I was fearing for you Prize because you brought two doom bars, two, doom bars. Two, to your seats and you didn't go for a piss once I did you notice my tactical, yeah. tactical <laughs> piece before but, it started? But there was a lady in fr- a few rows in front. There was about ten of us, so we were kind of all friends by the end of it. But um, <laughs> she, she must have went about four times in the film. Well, it, it was quite odd because there she was... the guy at the front as well who just yeah, kept going. There was yeah. thir- I counted because I'm obsessive yeah. about these things. <laughs> there, there was 13 people in there, oh, including okay. ourselves. The four of us didn't go for a piss once, and mm. everyone else must have gone at least twice. It was <laughs> really getting on my tits. <laughs> I did notice there's one bloke who got up, and uh, you know when you when you're getting up, and there's clearly you're going to be, be obstructing the screen. Mm. You kind of just that token duck down. Yeah, as if it <laughs> makes a difference. No, no, brazen shoulders out. Anyway, chaps, let's talk wolves. We're not here to talk films, are we? We're here to talk wolves. So, 
we're going to cover off, start off with Wolves 1, Southampton 1 on Saturday, just gone. Um, it was a game that didn't really mark the occasion of what was Wolves' 100th Premier League game. Uh, me personally, I thought the game was a bit of a shocker, especially the first half, which I think I put in the group chat, one of the worst first halves I think I've ever seen down at Molyneux. But what do we think of the quality or, or lack of in the game? So, again, the eternal question, are we struggling to break these mediocre teams down or do we look at the positive side and think, well, actually, we've only lost one out of the last 13 at home. How 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 are we looking at it? How do we think the game went? Andy, I'll start with you. Yes, we are struggling to break these teams down. I don't want to get too doom and gloom about it. Like you say, we've got a decent record, but ultimately clubs know that if they come to the Molyneux and don't give us any space to play, they can probably get at least a point out of us. If you look, obviously Southampton did that the weekend. Burnley did that when we played them previously. You look at the teams who've come at us. Man United, and we managed to get back into that one. Um, and Watford, is there any other club really who's come at us? And Man City. Uh, sorry, I just meant at home, but yeah, oh, no, you are yeah, right. Sorry, yeah. Man City are the team, they came at us, they gave us the space to exploit it. When we're at home, we haven't got anyone who can really pick a pass and really create something. And it really does tell. Yeah, I agree. Just just, just to add to that, I mean, it's strange really, because I, I think we really are a counter-attack side and I think we're comfortable, particularly, you know, the games that I've seen us this season whereby the other side will have plenty of the ball. And it's really weird where you perhaps go into the Man City game and you're a little bit more hopeful of playing you know, the champions than you are against a side in Southampton who are struggling and the manager's under pressure. But I think the context behind that is the fact, as Sandy's alluded to, is that enigma of breaking teams down. And, and also, I think we'd come off a little bit of momentum. We'd had the international break and coming into this game with a little bit of form, a little bit of confidence, perhaps people expecting us to replicate the performance at City. But you were never going to do that because it was a completely different opposition. I think for their part, Southampton set up very well. They're set up like a side who was struggling, and I mean that by being very defensive, being very rigid, uh, playing a little bit on the counter themselves with uh, Redmond, who always seems to have a good game against us, mm. and, and Danny Ings as well. So, um, yeah, no, it was it was pretty shit, really, wasn't it? Let's be honest, the game. Um, you can talk sort of in terms of getting four points out of the last two, however you want to sort of phrase that. And, and you've talked about the home record. But um, there's that frustration there which hasn't gone away where there's been occasions where... There were, I don't... Was there many clear-cut chances? I don't think there was, was there really? So Not I think what? lack of creativity probably concerned me. Apparently we had one shot on target. One official well, shot on target. Well, that's, not, that's not surprising. The, the game for me was crying out from both sides. Just lack of creative number 10. Mm-hmm. You know, but both sides were playing a pretty similar formation. They had two up front, um, four in midfield, three at the back. As did we, as we as we often do. I've done the math wrong there. They had five in midfield. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for a minute. Then, yeah, yeah, no, but it, it's it's the same sort of thing where both teams were just looking for that little creative spark in between the midfield and the forwards because they were both playing a pretty similar brand of football. When you've not got the ball, sit back, wait for a bit of possession, and then mm. try and break the mm. teams down by getting it out wide and then sort of coming back to the middle it was stagnant if anything mm. it, it, oh, I was, was, was going to say monotonous but yeah, yeah stagnant is, is probably the word it, it was it was it was a game where 
I, I, I personally was crying out for Gibbs White at half time, which is not something wow. I often do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because he tries something. but because he just tries something different. You know, Den, yeah. Dendonka, Moutinho, and um, Neves are you know our three best midfielders. There's there's no doubt about that. But in that sort of game, you need someone who's just going to come in and try something. Mm. You know, Neves dropping in between the centre halves again, and Moutinho doing his normal brilliant stuff. Dendonka essentially all he was doing was picking it up from Ryan Bennett and then shifting it out to whoever was playing mm. right back. Um, it it just it just lacked that bit of magic really mm. and I'm not saying I'm not saying Gibbs White would have brought that I'm not saying another midfielder in our squad would have brought that because I think that's just something that we do lack but the problem is Nuno's never going to go out and spend 20-30 million on a creative number 10 because he doesn't probably wouldn't fit in our formation anyway. yeah. no. and, I, and I think to, to add to that you know where the goal came from was a little bit of change in tactics and it came ultimately from the, the wide positions which I think you know it takes sort of um that point that you've made onto an extra level where sort of through the middle we weren't particularly looking potent um we'll perhaps talk individuals in a, in a moment but just while I'm thinking about it I know a friend of Jake's Johnny um <laughs> I, I thought he, I thought it was one of the best performances I've seen from Johnny I thought he, I thought he was excellent and he always looked um most likely was taking on players getting to the byline trying to get balls in Catrone and Patches looked good. He was unlucky for the goal that, that got disallowed. You know, r- nice build-up play. Um, however, Martino does what Martino does well, and he was tidy and he was efficient, but wasn't really changing the game. And, and Neves was in and out of the game, and then Donka was pretty safe. So I think those three, I get the point, there wasn't that dynamism there. And I think Traore was a little bit curtailed, wasn't he? I don't think he was... I think maybe they'd done a little bit of a job on him, so... Um, it's difficult you know. to follow the Man City performance yeah. of Traore, though. You know, it, you're it not going to get better than that. I don't think he did enough anyway. There, there were a few times I was looking at him in the first half, and he was just sort of stood on the byline next to Bertrand. Mm. Like, you need to make a run. You both need to come short and pick the ball up, go long and try. And he didn't really do anything. I think the thing, the thing with, with, with Troy, he might, he might, it's probably the fact that he doesn't know, but what's annoying me about these passes that we know our midfield players can make, we're never mm. just picking it up. The first thing, because... You know, I love Catroni because a man who loves that much carbohydrate is a you know good man. <laughs> <in my book. laughs> but I'll, I'll just watch him sometimes, and Nevers will pick up the ball, and he'll be on the last man, and he'll be going into space, and then he'll stop his run, and he did it six, seven, eight times during mm. the game, and I'm just thinking, just just send one over, just send one over, and just see what he can do with it, because yeah. I mean, the game against Leicester last year where we scored, where we won three two, that's exactly what Nevers did with Jota when he went in behind and. Sort of banged it in. Just give, give him a chance. Just mm. send a few over the top. We don't have to keep passing it around the back. If if we've got a striker that wants wants to make the running behind, give it. Just it. give him a chance. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into um, a bit of the nitty gritty of the game. So, probably the main place to start is the the var, the var varsical stuff that was going on. Now, as I think we've mentioned a few times in our group chat and on the pod, problem with the rules of the game rather than the VAR itself. VAR is just there to enforce said said rules. Both. So <laughs> is the fans' fansies, if that's a word, is that ire directly placed towards VAR or should they all be complaining about the rules? And are fans just getting annoyed because nine games into the league now we've not had a VAR decision go our way? As far as I can recall, we had Dendonka opening day that was ruled out 
we've had obviously the two uh, Southampton that was ruled out and even attempted to rule out Neves's goal against United so is it a combination of fans should be moaning about the rules or is it just that we're just annoyed that you know nothing's gone our way yet I think it's a bit of the latter because if we'd have conceded either of the goals that we scored I would have been fucking furious (laughs) because Catrone is offside that is a handball it's hard to dispute facts, really, isn't it? I know it's annoying, but there's no way to go with that argument. You've got your factual evidence there. Okay, fair enough. But yeah. the fact that it hasn't gone our way, whereas you look at, and I'm sure I've read that Southampton have benefited from seven reversals. Seven. Bloody hell. That's yeah, I think they've had them. I think Spurs have had five, maybe, and I think Southampton have benefited from seven so far this season. No wonder Harson Hootle likes it. Yeah. Arsene yeah. Hootle's a great name. Eh? <laughs> Rabbit hush. I, I think for, for, <laughs> for, for me, it's it's just, I don't know, my, my, my views on VR are probably quite simplistic. I absolutely understand that it was brought in so the decisions are correct. And I understand that decisions can fringe on so much in a team's success. You know, you can get relegated, promoted, etc., etc. Managers keeping their jobs. And that can come down to fine margins, and you want the correct decisions, but it's the fan experience, isn't it, really? So it's it's the whole celebrating a goal and then looking like a right swat when you have they haven't scored. I mean, I, I celebrated the goal, and it was just before half-time, and I thought, because of the type of person I am, and I don't like interrupting people and going past them, I thought, right, everybody's up, I need a piss, I'm going to go down now. <laughs> so I went down, I went down, I'd celebrated, thought, perfect opportunity, just before half-time, everybody's up, I don't have to nudge past anyone, this isn't going to be awkward, I'll go down, we've scored the goal, then I was um, I was in the gents, and then someone went, he's already out, he's already out. And, and then, you know, because it was quite a bit of a delay. I don't know if you guys would sort of sensed it, it more was, when yeah, you were yeah. at the game, but it was a bit of a delay between going down to the concourse and then the decision. So it's it's the whole fan experience for me. It's I thought go line technology fine and you know clear cut, but offside it's not subjective. If he's off, if he's offside, he's offside. I get that. Um, and you know, I'm also one of these people that don't believe in it even in itself at the end of the season because that's bollocks. Because how can you possibly do that? Mm. Um, it just doesn't work like that. However, from a fan experience, I don't enjoy it, and I do think I won't go too far of a wider point because I know we'll have a lot to cover. That it will drive a percentage of people away from watching games. I spoke to people after the game who were at that point where it will drive people away from watching football. And and you know that's that's mm. for me is is a shame. I'm going to fix VAR in okay. this in this in this little brief aside. Here we go. It Here should we go. It sh- VAR should work like a review system in cricket. Yeah. Each team gets two reviews a game, and if they believe genuinely that the officials have made a mistake, captain says review that. The ref then goes over to the VAR monitor. What he sees on the screen, we see on the screens, so the fans can understand the decision and also understand why it's gone to a VAR review. And then, if you lose it, you lose the review. You lose your one one of your reviews for the match. Man, you and Liverpool have to get some screens installed pronto yeah. <laughs> into their old grounds. Yeah. I, think, I was watching yeah. the NFL Sunday night, and obviously they've got the review system there, and yeah. it, it works. Yeah. So I, I don't know why. From a fan experience, I guess that keeps you more involved because what we had on, on the game at the weekend was that delay reaction and also that, you know, is it a goal? Is it not a goal? And and if you've used the review up, for example, then you'd probably you know that that will go ultimately down to the decision of the official. So 
Yeah, it's a good shout. Mark, up, mark yeah. up the refs as well. Like they're doing rugby. Best thing about rugby yeah. is that you can hear the yeah, ref. Yeah, yeah. And, the, the, and then, and then, I mean, put it on the tannoy. Put it whatever the ref's saying. And then he goes, "I'm going to send that to VAR or whatever because mm. I believe this." And then the, the fans the can, at least, the fans can yeah. at least say, "Okay, fair enough. We actually understand yeah. what the hell's going on." I do think I have say I've jumped on the, the rugby bandwagon um, <laughs> for the World Cup, and I was watching the game the other day, and um, it's just it's great, isn't it? How, like you get these. these big blokes listening to a little ref and whatever he mm-hmm. says just goes and the rugby players just go yeah right you are yeah. and they just carry on whereas complete polar opposite in in football so miking them up would be initially hilarious yeah, well yeah because you'd have yeah. all the players yeah. coming up and wanting to say something and then immediately realising that they'd be heard mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly but yeah I mean I think it's obviously a subject that's going to just completely continue to mm. dominate football it, it is until they really the season out because the other issue it's not so much the issue with the goals Yes, they've pissed us off because we've been hit by it three times now. But it's the actual gameplay that's suffering from it. So every time you get a foul in the box, if the ref says it's not a penalty, even though it get, we know it does get reviewed, the standard that it's got to be, what is it, clear and obvious, isn't mm. it, is the, the terminology. The, the level it's got to be to be clear and obvious error is so high that nothing's been overturned on it. Yep. So actually, we we haven't had anything positive come out of VAR, and that's been a real big issue. I also think there's um, I'm not sure the reasons why, but in the Premier League, have decided not to have the, the monitors at touchline, haven't they? Whereas mm. like in Bundesliga, I think, I, think they, I think they have got them. I just don't think they use them. I think the I point is they are all, there. They've, they've told them not to install them, and they're not in, are they? I'm not, I've never seen I, them. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I just I, I'm I'm going off what I'd heard. I think it was Alan Shearer was saying, "Why are they not using the monitors that are there?" Yes, yeah. Because yeah. I remember they had them when we played Man United in the FA Cup last year. They did have a monitor at the side, but I haven't seen one at the ground this season. Well, if they're if they're there, then I think the guidance has been given that referees are just not not to use it essentially. They've un- unlike the advice given to like Bundesliga, for example, where they're actively encouraged where the ref thinks he's got a decision to make I, I, I want to see that for myself again yeah, 100%. he'll go and look mm. at it whereas now the, the the guys in Stockley Park are just saying no no I've looked at it. It, it it is this or it isn't this and then the ref just goes okay fine so that it, it just it, it belittles the ref if anything mm. I'd rather mm. it take the extra 30 seconds and the ref go and look himself so he gets a grip on the game because you know yeah. if, you're, if you're standing in the middle of the park and you, you're getting a VAR review overturned by someone else your head's not you know your head's not in it you're thinking oh I've made a mistake there whereas if you go and look at it yourself you overturn it yourself you're saying right I have now corrected my own decision there's going to be a psychological effect on refs it just saturates the game for me though still you know I don't mind the consensus decisions because it's kind of part of it for me and it's probably maybe that's just the way I've been brought up um I get you want the right decisions, but um, that was part and parcel of football for me, and it's just been a little bit too sanitised. So, is it the rules? Is it the VAR? Yes. Let us know on the Twitter account. <laughs> so, let's go to individuals now. So, there's probably one player that we have to start with, unfortunately, for the lads, but Jesus Vallejo. Uh, oh, dear. Uh, Wolves Twitter, trademark, really stuck the knife into him after the game to be fair and then we're going to have trying to get a balanced view with him we're not going to hammer him completely because that might take up the rest of the part but we're trying to have a balanced view so um, how did we think he got on he obviously had a, a, a diff- bit of difficulty so he didn't start the game he'd come on about what 20 minutes in when when Bennett uh, I'm not quite sure what his injury was but obviously pulled something and then had to go off Um safe to say that he struggled we have to be honest he did struggle initially he was giving the ball away quite 
cheaply. I sort of gifted, I think, Danny Ings a chance very early on, as soon as after he'd come on. And he did play a part in the, the goal he conceded. But I did, uh, I think Stu in the group chat mentioned that he is te- potentially playing the meta position. But I did have a look at actually into that. And I mean, all I, all I had to go off was uh, when he played in the, the Euros for Spain the 21. And he actually, four out of the five games he played, he played at, at right centre back, funnily enough. Oh, right, okay. So he was playing in the, the position he played in against Southampton was a position he is more than very He's well familiar, familiar with. with. So I don't think we can we can really dis- discount that argument for him, but I just I think it was a bit of a bizarre performance, is what I would say. Um, what, it's what always we- difficult coming on, especially as a defender. It's always difficult coming on into a game. I'm, I'm not look. I'm not going to defend him and say that you know. It, it, it's always strange when a, a Real Madrid young prospect come coming on makes your defence look weaker than a player who played for Norwich previously. Like you know, it's mm. it's a shock. But he's struggling, he's clearly struggling, he's shot on confidence and he, he can't really get anything right for Wolves at the moment. But in the game, you've got to look at it you know, in context. Yes, he made the mistake, he wasn't alone in making that mistake, there was a couple of mistakes in that you know, back five that led to the goal. And then after that, you know, he's not he's not a passer of the ball, he's not a bolly, he's not a Cody, he's a shot stopper. And, you know, Cross is coming in, he, he get his body in the way, he can he can tackle... He clearly loves the tackle. I don't think I've seen him play without getting a yellow card. I, I did look at that earlier. <laughs> yeah. I think it's probably about seven games. Yeah. He's got three or four yellows. Yeah. Um, he, he's he's just an out-and-out defender, but whether that suits our system is is to be believed because, to me, he's more of an old-fashioned defender. You know, doesn't mess about, doesn't... Not a great passer of the ball, just sort of get rid. Bit of a clogger. Yeah, that's essentially. Of, yeah. But a, 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 a Real Madrid young youth prospect. It's interesting to say, really, because I thought, obviously, Bennett is really down as more of the quote unquote clogger, because he yeah. very often plays a percentage ball. But I always thought Vallejo was the one that was brought in to be that potentially that mm. passer, the cultured mm. Spanish defender coming in. I thought that's. That's kind of what his role was, but Hoops, what do you reckon? I know you're a, a defender of, of Vallejo. I, I am. Excuse a, the pun. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think so. And I, and, and I, was, I have defended him, and it's genuinely not playing devil's advocate. It's just kind of trying to look at the full picture. The, the way I see it, as, as Jake alluded to there, is we signed the Spanish under-21 captain from Real Madrid with an agreement that they didn't want to sell him to us at the end of the season. Now, that gives you some sort of... Uh, context to this guy's ability. It can't be terrible, can it? No. So, look, I'm not going to be naive and, and, and say he had a good performance. He did look shaky. The one you referred to, quite rightly, came on and he gifted a chance to Ings and should have scored. And also the lead-up to the goal. Yes, Cody was at fault, but ultimately, you know, his distribution wasn't great. I can see what Jake's saying in terms of, um, you know, perhaps the, there was a, a perception of him being a sort of a, a player or come out with the ball. I have seen in him a, a technical player, and I do think he's got a decent attributes, and I wouldn't um, be too harsh on, on, on the kid. I think what's difficult is, certainly where I was, was sitting, there was a certain... Uh, uncomfortable sort of uh, air about the fans and and him when he was on the ball because he came on and made a couple of errors and he's a young lad and he's going to need that confidence but um, the the difficult part is he is here in terms of that centre half combination for for me Nuno doesn't rate Bennett but in fairness to Bennett he's proven time and time again that he's deserving of the shirt because. Um, every time he's come out of the side, it's not really worked. 
However, obviously Sace came in recently and that would probably be his favourite position. So he's in a bit of a dilemma now whereby Bennett, we don't know the degree of his industry, uh, industry. Industry. <laughs> <laughs> his in- injury, but I believe it's a hamstring. And let's say he's out. Now, I know people say play Kilman, but, and yeah, he looks okay against Red in the Cup, but, you know, we're going to danger him as well. So for me personally, I think... Yeah, he didn't have a good game, but I thought the the reaction to him was was over the top um, because, as we've talked about, there were some poor performances out there. And I think, you know, we've mentioned Cody. Cody, to me, has had a pretty average start to the season. I look at his performances against Chelsea, against Everton, and again, he's, you know, contributed, unfortunately, to, to many of the goals that we've conceded this season. But of course, he's had a very good record today and he's a good leader and so forth. So that defence isn't particularly a great defence at the moment with a lot of confidence. And you've got a young lad who's having a bit of an indifferent time. But I think the the kid's got credentials. Whether or not he's given time to turn it around, I don't know. Well, I looked into it and like, obviously it was, was a loan-only signing. There wasn't any option or obligation to buy him. But that's not to say that buying him is out of the question because... As we saw with Costa, that was a loan only and got switched to a permanent halfway through. Um, it is the mm-hmm. third loan spell of his career. So he went back to Zaragoza, he's had, he's had a season at Frankfurt. And then he was actually with Madrid last year and only played about six, seven times. But now he had some bad injuries. But So I looked at what, you know, what he's done at Wolves. So he hasn't played that many games, certainly in the league. He played the second home leg um, against Punic, where, let's face it, he wasn't really going to be tested against yeah. those guys uh, actually I, I probably slipped my mind he, he played both legs against Torino both home and away um, he had the Reading Cup game uh, and then he's had two horror shows in the Premier League so we had the Saints game and then the only other 90 minutes he played in the Premier League was the Chelsea 5-2 game which, mm. which was a bad one but so Andy what do you reckon how does he how does he stack up at the minute against Bennett and Sace or whoever Nuno's preferred player in that position is at the time the thing is it's such a difficult position as Shaky said if you're coming into the fray to get thrown in at the deep end after 20 minutes and then expect to repel someone like Redmond who is rapid to be honest and then you've got the physical presence of someone like Ings it's going to be a tough game that being said he's actually his stats bore out that he didn't have that bad a performance he had over 80% pass accuracy went for one tackle won it Went for one header, won it. So actually, he's when you look at it in then terms, that all? He, yeah. <laughs> when you look at it in those terms, he did okay. But the problem is, is when he was on the ball, he looked so uncomfortable that everyone else around him just seemed to shirk, mm. and, and and they went into themselves a little bit. Not, not. It was almost like no one else trusted him, so it made him look as bad as. What's well, nice segue? Did, it didn't help not having trail. It, it's a nice segue because yeah. I mean. I move on now to Neves and he was hooked at half time and I, I think as I mentioned to the group maybe because Doherty was to come on to protect Vallejo because I think at the time he needed that but quick question around Neves um, has his do you think his role in the team has changed do you reckon Hoops or well, uh, let's face it he has been quiet all season long mm. and we're clearly not getting the best out of him at the minute and I know there were some rumours around or well idle Twitter rumours about would you entertain any offers if a decent one come in and my question is really would you would you given his current form and it's not just yeah. limited to this season you could mm. argue it's 
spilling no, over from last season. No, it's not. And um, those of um, you who may have um, seen us at the live show recently, I think Stu was very animated, animated about Neves and and how ineffective he's been. And and I can't disagree with that really. Um, but the, the thing is with with Neves, he stays on the pitch generally because he does produce moments of magic let's yep. be honest in terms of you know we all know that his goal ratio outside of the box etc etc but to answer your question in terms of his position in the side he's a lot more disposable than Matinho he's at and Dendonka at the moment you know there was probably a period in time prior to Dendonka and perhaps in better form where Neves would be probably one of the first names on the team sheet and particularly midfield but at the moment he's very disposable he's quite fortunate that Gibbs White hasn't been in particularly great form to displace him and he hasn't got much competition there and I do think in January we need to strengthen in that area to give him more competition so for me Neves doesn't if I was in an opposition side, other than not giving him room outside of the box for that opportunity, I wouldn't be overly concerned. And I think I think Jake made reference earlier about Neves. There were times, perhaps in last season, where you know his ball distribution was better, the ball over the top, and so forth. But I'm not really seeing that. Um, I, I, as, as I say that, I you know you think of the game at Besiktas away when he plays a free ball. So yeah, he has those moments of excellence, and technically he's a very good player. Um, I wouldn't want to sell him because I don't think we need to. Um, and I still think you know it, it, it may be a form issue with him, but at, the, at this moment in time, um, he's not as dispendable. He's more disposable. It's a, it's a difficult one. I would say it's a difficult one because the pro- I think Neves we got the best out of Neves when he was playing in a two um, in the championship and at the start of our Premier League campaign it was him and Sice and then him and Martinho which means he was getting forward a bit more mm. which means he was making these killer passes at the moment you're finding that you know he's dropping in behind the centre half he's playing almost next to Cody at times and then trying to spray it into a you know, sort of a, a, a position where you've got team sitting back whereas if he's 20-30 yards further up the pitch he can be that creative number 10 he could be both it's it's a difficult one for me because we brought Dendonker in as a centre half and he's playing further forward and for me the natural thing to do would be to play him behind Martino and Neves and let them go and do their thing I, I think on Saturday once um, Neves went off you saw the best day to Dendonker when he was playing us more of a, a deep line yeah. midfielder so I, th- I, I agree completely I think he'd be better Used in that role as the the anchor rather than Neves. Yeah. I don't like you're right. This formation doesn't get the best out of Neves, mm. and it's obviously a directive from Nuno for him to say drop deep and pick the ball up, because otherwise he wouldn't do it. Yeah. So I want to just touch on another player quickly. Um, another one that come off relatively early was our mate Paddy Paddy Catrone. Um, how much credit do you think he's got left with fans now? I'm going to go on record and say I'm a massive Catroni fan. We, I think we all know he wasn't ever a prolific striker before he joined us, but he still just got that one against Chelsea. Um, another one he come off, I think, just as soon as him and Ezid equalised. Um, what do you reckon? Because the fans still have that chant for him, and I think it, it, it's. I noticed it was sung briefly on Saturday, but not nowhere near as much as it has been. So, are we? What's, what do we think he was going to bet him long term? Is he, are we going to persist with him in the team? Or I, mean, I hope we do. I really hope we do. Because uh, yeah. I like the look of him. But I thought he had a stinker on Saturday. 
he only touched the ball a handful of times and he didn't really do I mean he had that one the shot that led up to the goal that didn't count that didn't count (laughs) he did that that was brilliant but I thought the rest of his all round play didn't really offer a lot he's a tryer and I know that Wolves fans we love a tryer yeah, but I want someone who's going to succeed a little bit now. You know, someone who's going to actually put the ball in the back of the net. It, again, it, I don't think we're playing to his strengths. No, I don't. The, think the, the, the man makes incredible runs, and the, his work rate's in, impeccable. That's why Wolves fans love him because he's always running, he's always trying, and he's just like a kid on the playground. He's desperate to score goals any way possible. He mm. just wants to score yeah. goals. But we're not putting it in a position for him. He's never going to pick it up from thirty yards out and dribble it past a couple of players and then slot it in. He's going to be on the end of any cross that we put in, but we're not putting in crosses, really. No, we're not. We're getting it in a wide area, and they're looking in the box, and there's you know people here, there, and everywhere. Him and Ez will sort of wander off, but it, it, it will. <laughs> but I mean, I've got no problem with him and Ez doing that because he's, he's turned out to be a fantastic footballer, not just a striker. But with Catroni, he's there to get on the end of balls through or crosses in, and we're not doing it. He looks like the perfect lone centre forward to yeah, make Catroni. He, he looks yeah. like the sort of the ideal man to have. Traore on the right, Jota on the left, jinking past people and him just being the fox in the box. Mm. He'll score you 10 goals a season, all from six yards out, but he b- will be there. But we're just not playing to his strengths, which is really frustrating because I really want him. I'll, I'll start every game and I really want him to score. And they, I'm, mm. I'm the same. I really want him I, to score. I think it's, it's, you know, to answer the question about credit, and I think it's been touched on, so I won't labour the point too much. The, the credit in the in the bank really with him is his work rate because it's not as if he's come as a big money sign in and he's been idle. He's worked his arse off and I think he's endeared himself to to the the team and to the the club. And I think because perhaps you know he wasn't um, you know he's a a guy who was come from his boyhood club and he's got down and got on with it. You know he may not have wanted to come, but you know the move has been dictated to him and he's not sulked. He's got on with it and he's worked hard. And I think the fans will give will give him time certainly. However, he's there to score goals. I don't think the combination is quite right with him and Ez, but perhaps that might be a time issue more than anything else. Well, let's hope we get some more good news from Katrone in the games to come. Um, so let's have some positives. Let's talk about some standout players that that, that look good on on Saturday. So I've, t- I've got Johnny yeah. as, as a as a good player, mm. of, course, <laughs> of course. Jake is BFF. Um, and did we think that? Jimenez benefited from his mini rest as well. Jakey, what do you reckon? Who stood out for you? 100%. I think, as you say, Johnny, Johnny's, it was a sort of 8, 9 out of 10 performance. No one was perfect. No one was brilliant. But Johnny stood out because, as you say, great defensively. It helps Johnny as well, having Bolly there because the two of them together are, you know, two of our best best players on their day. You know, best defenders for sure. But, yeah, I alluded to it with the Catroni point. Jimenez is turning into, you know, emerging as a really top quality footballer more than anything else like technically you know picking it up 30 yards out and just switching it with the outside of his right foot it's easy to him it's just the little things where you just think you know he's actually a a player Mm. and when he steps up to a penalty I'm not nervous when when, when, you know Doyle or Fletcher used to step up to a penalty even you know when Bonatini would step up for a penalty even when Neves (laughs) steps up for a penalty you're there thinking this could go either way it's in the box isn't it yeah yeah, you're thinking this could go either way but him and Esther he's just just cool as a cucumber I I just I'd love to see him get in the box more and just swing a few balls in he's you know 6 foot 2 6 foot 3 whatever he is Uh, he's strong like the the goal against um, Watford in the in the cup, which we you know, we don't we talk, talk about, about. <laughs> but but it was getting on the end of a cross and being a mm. you know he's, he's the 
He's got good feet for a big lad, hasn't he? <laughs> 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 tip, tip that one off the cliche, <laughs> Liz. But no, I, I think... We've got a cliche clacks. No. <laughs> not not sweet, no. I, I think Johnny, for me, was, was a standout. I, I think he's had a bit of an indifferent start. I'll be honest, Johnny has this season. Sorry, Jake. I'm, feel, I'm, feel, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling human. it from here. And also, you know, Vinagra's not quite pushed him as much as we would like, although Vinagra had a good game. It's probably a little bit unfortunate um, not to play after the City performance. But Johnny, for me and Jimenez, other than that, it was a so-so performance from the others, to be honest. I mean, in fairness, Rui had a good game and he you know, made a couple of saves at the end when we were under pressure. Bolly had a good game, never looked particularly troubled. It's probably easy to say he didn't have a good game and that would probably be the likes of Neves, Cody, and obviously Vallejo, we talked about earlier. So it was pretty average all round. But a couple of positives for me would, you know, on if we're talking positive, would be would be Johnny and Jimenez getting another goal. I thought um, Doherty. Mm-hmm. Him. I thought he had a good uh, yep. good half of football. A he, typical like he wasn't it really, I suppose, that yeah. second half. There yeah. was a good jinking run into the box and, mm. and got bought down. He did what we wanted a number 10 to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he got in there. But yeah, well, to, to yeah. your point on Rui, I thought, yeah, Rui had a really good game mm. again. He's probably turned himself into one of the best keepers in the league. Not that he was bad last season, mm. but he just seems to have grown and grown and it's... it's Fantastic to see. Worth every penny of the was it eighteen million we spent on him in the end. Yeah. About that. Something like that. Chump change. Yeah. Worth every penny. T- talking about dark, I don't want to disrupt the agenda here, uh, Price, but the penalty away. Um He dived. Yeah. He, he did didn't he? Didn't he? Dive. I, I, for me he that invited was invited the challenge. I know, but I hate this sort of cl- you know, the idea that it's clever and so forth. He dived, I looked at it again, he just took his foot out and he just leapfrogged down. Yeah, the, he deserved it because he took on about eight yeah. players. Yeah, I the, know. the player, the player yeah. who took him down, did put his foot in front of Doc's standing leg. Well, he, so, he couldn't help that, could he? Really? Because well, yeah. he's just there. You but, need to yeah. move it away or yeah. win the ball, and he did neither. So for me, it would have pissed me off more. if I was a Southampton fan. It really would have. Yeah. But it was a stupid challenge that he, mm. he shouldn't have made. You either block it, or you, you let him get a shot, which would be obviously suicidal from that position. Did that, did that penalty was, was that class as our one shot on target that was our one shot on target bloody hell because obviously no. the others would have been disallowed for offside yeah. and handball yeah. And yeah oh well well we didn't lose let's put it that way so mm. now Nuno is seven games without defeat in all competitions and I remember the last time I did host this podcast we were seven games without a win in all competitions so that's Palace Watford, Man City, Southampton, Besiktas and Reading is the run that we're currently on without a defeat. So, remember a month ago, there's questions around is Nuno's job under threat, and all, which now might seem a bit silly. So, are fans kind of guilty of maintaining a really short-term view when it comes to things, or is it a case of really you're only as good as your last game? What do you reckon, Andy? You sort of are only as good as your last game, though, aren't you? In, in this business. It is very much a results-driven business, and if you want to maintain a push towards where we're hopefully going, I mean, I know at the minute we're not a, a top four contender, for example. But if you look at the top four, you can't afford to go seven games without a win, because if you go seven games without a win, all of a sudden you're in fourteenth, and you're never going to get top position. four. <laughs> yeah. So football has become a very short-termism view of things. Luckily, because we're not pushing on to be a top four team for, you know, a, a good couple of years, I'd have thought, um, it does afford a little bit more thinking time about making these decisions. 
What do you reckon? Are we, yeah. are we a bit silly to be talking about Nuno's job under threat a month ago? Yeah, and I think I said at the time I wasn't concerned because we know and, and you know, uh, esteemed listeners know and will know <laughs> as well listening that the guy has found many solutions to issues that we've come across. I referenced it before when, for example, you know, a big turning point for me, Nuno, his evolution with the club was the Huddersfield game at home where he had to change things and he brought Dendonka in, he changed formation and so forth. Um, he's shown time and time again that he'll get us out of sticky situations. But I think what happens is when results don't go well, yeah, people go overboard and go, small squad, added games in Europe, etc., 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 and compounds it. So... Um, I don't get carried away either, you know, by losing or winning because I know overall the guy is just still amazing and, and has continued to show time and time again that he'll find ways of getting the best out of these players. So I still think we'll be on course for another decent season. So, God, no. No issues with Nuno for me at all. So I think ultimately just a bit of perspective is needed sometimes. Yeah. So... Any final thoughts, Jake, on Southampton? Uh, Nuno's job or anything like that? <laughs> no. Right, so at that point, I think it's a good time to take a break. Hey everyone, it's David here. Now, you already know by now if I'm on the show or I'm not on the show and my voice is here, you know, one of those silly ghost things. Anyway, I'm just here to say um, we've got a lovely website and our friends over at Pixel Yeti Media do that. And if you're looking for web design or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go take a look at pixelyetimedia.com. And also, they're not just web designers, they're also a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites to brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So, take a moment after this podcast and go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. And we're back. So, now um, on to everyone's favourite topic, which is Europe and specifically the Europa League. So this Thursday, 24th of October, we are away to Slovan Bratislava. Uh, it's the start of our four away games in a row programme, which is pretty tough going for mm. us. Um, this one, as I think we all know, is one of those weird occasions where there's a sellout for a behind-closed-doors game. Uh, so what do we think of this initially? Is this a bit of... UEFA taking the royal piss or is it fair play to Bratislava for finding a loophole and exploiting it and are UEFA taking the age-old problem of racism seriously? No. I would suggest not. What do we think, chaps? It's quite a deep issue, isn't it, for, for <laughs> us on here? But no, uh, I mean, it, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's a behind-closed-door friendly in front of a sellout crowd and I don't kind of get the idea that if you're not going to allow away fans and then you can, oh, we'll give you 200 or, you know, and then you'll get school children and one ad- adult between 10 kids. So it is, it is ridiculous. It is a farce. Um, they should be punished, of course, for, you know, any, um, you know, racist behaviour and that this isn't a punishment. Um, so it's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. I hope from the fan experience those who are travelling will still have a good experience over there and have a good few days away. Um, because cheap booze. It's cheap booze. <laughs> and I know people that go in and get, you know, going for the, the few days out there and have a good experience. And I hope we come away with a good performance. But 
It's ridiculous. There's, there's no there's no defence for for that decision. No. Every, every um, it makes no the, sense. Every part of the decision that has been made in the lead up to this game is an absolute piss take. So they they do racist behaviour, so they should get punished. Absolutely fine. Oh, but we can let kids in. Oh, it'll be free. So it's taking the piss. It should be behind closed doors, but you're going to have people supporting you. Okay, we'll let you do that then. Oh, we've sold twenty one thousand. We'll give Wolves fans less than one percent of the ground, and not, and the not tickets only would we not do that, cheap, are they? and then we'll charge you fifty-five quid yeah. when you wafer have said, "Oh, forty-four is it? Is the maximum you can charge for mm-hmm. a wafer?" So it's like every decision they've just pushed it and pushed it, and you wafer have just given an, an inch and they've taken a mile, and you wafer have done nothing about it. What if all these school kids are absolute Nazi racists as well? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bringing flares and. <laughs> They've got the ultra banners with them as well. You said you said te- ten children to one adult. That might be like yeah. the Wolves fans yeah. against them. Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I, I think you know. Just thinking about it there, though, perhaps playing devil's advocate slightly. Why should the Bratislava players be punished? And play behind closed door friendly. Do you see where I'm coming from? So, you know, if, if it's ultimately the, the fans that are at fault here for racist behaviour, then it's actually quite harsh in in a way to, you know, um, put that punishment down firmly at the door of the players who have got no say in what their fans do. Oh, it's a balanced view. They're, they're not that's, that's a difficult it's a one. It's a difficult view. one, though, because you've then got... You've then got teams like when England played the other day and the manager came out and denied it. And then you've got the the captain going over to the fans and saying, stop. They obviously will have an effect. And, you know, as a club, you've almost got to carry the burden of your fans. Like, Yeah. It, it's one of those and things really where, where you know, you, you, what one baguette, bad egg can't spoil... You know, for everyone, or, or one baguette. Yeah, yeah one, they can one do baguette. If you get a dodgy one. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and ultimately, the players aren't being punished. They're still picking up their their wages. No, they're still playing no, a football no. game. Mm. It's the fans who are being punished, and it's the club who are being punished. But not even that well. But then, well, yeah, or they're not even being punished. They're getting away with it. But then, really, without knowing the the full context behind the um, um, you know, the actions of the, of those those fans. Without going too much on on a, on a point here, um, what it really comes, oh, we've got a news flash while oh, yeah, we're, we're doing Bournemouth, Barnsley being out in one nil at time at time of recording. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the issue here is punish the the individuals concerned, ban them, you know, whatever you want to do, impose on them personally. But I find it difficult, and I get the sort of association, but. These aren't football fans, you know. They well, okay, they're football fans, but moreover, they're racist. So you come down on them as individuals and get that out, you know, deep root the issues there. But you know, it's, it's like the issues with hooliganism and and so forth. You know, unfortunately, it's 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 minorities. It's not actually minorities. Actually, there's there's unfortunately there's there's a lot of this cropping up in the game, and we've seen this the weekend with the FA Cup and so forth. Um, you got. But the issue I think we have here is, um, and I think we alluded it into the, the, the group with UEFA and, and FIFA and so forth, where they impose fines. So they can impose, say, a fine on a player for uh, you know revealing their sponsorship of a betting company, for example. But then there's a lesser fine for racist behaviour. So there doesn't seem a good parallel here. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a way of... of, of 
defending in terms of the the behind closed door issue when it's surely just down to the individuals at heart that need to be punished and it's and it's a shame for those Bratislava and Wolves fans who you know are well intentioned and just want to see their team play um, but UEFA have got to make a stand whether or not this is the right stand I don't know but the way they've done it doesn't make any sense and you're punishing a lot of people for actions of a few unfortunately and it's a shame for us isn't it because we effectively lose one away trip don't we mm. the, the, yeah. the, the away yeah. going fans so what do we actually know about Slovan Bratislava Japs so let me hit you up with some knowledge um, they are the currently defending champions of the Fortuna Liga the 12 teams only 12 teams in it so easy street um, they've got 29 points from 12 games they score a lot of goals and they've already scored 34 goals this season already in the league the top scorers of the league by 9 goals they haven't lost at home yet this season so it's not exactly going to be plain sailing for us on Thursday um, their path to the Europa League was actually being knocked out in the Champions League uh, qualifying first round and I'll give you a million points if you can tell me where Slutschka Niksic come from Ukraine <laughs> close well maybe close Montenegro no. so then they dropped into the Europa League qualifying second round where they beat KF Ferroni Kelly any guesses Uruguay <laughs> Kosovo, the Europa League uh, they navigate themselves past no points for guessing Dundalk in the, in the, in the third round and then they beat Pauk Salonika in the qual- final qualifying round to get into our group so what do we know? What do we know about them, if anything? I, I don't know a lot. I I did read um, an article by the esteemed Ben Husband of the Birmingham Mail, uh, <laughs> who referenced they've got a very good home form. Apparently, obviously they're they're good in their league. They've got through some games. They're obviously in confidence, but for them it's going to be another big game. And didn't they beat Besiktas earlier in the competition? Did, yeah. So we know they're a, they're a decent side. They're at home. They've got a good home record. They beat side in Besiktas who. We only just marginally got through in the end, so it's going to be a tough game. I think they put about four past Besiktas, didn't they? Yeah, mm. four again, two, I think. with the top score yeah. tag. I mean, they've got. Speaking they're, of they're, goals, they're, we've got another goal update. It's oh. two nil Barnsley. Oh, excellent! It's a goal. <laughs> yeah, they've got. I mean, their top scorer is some Slovenian chap called Andras Sporer with thirteen goals. I expect he will be. Good player. The danger man. Good player. Mm. <laughs> uh, Good feet well, for a big man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, Jakey? Will it be classed as an upset if we were to lose to them? Yeah. Do we look? Do we look? No, at I do. I don't yeah, know. because I, th- I, th- I don't know because, and and this is I'm trying to going to try and say this with with no disrespect. But it, there's going to be a lot of disrespect, but there's none intended because you've got to think we, we're playing in the Premier League, one of the top five leagues in the world. You know w- what? What what is their league really? You know they they be they could be beating Bantelona of Bantock Park. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? That could that could be their standard. Hey, they're a good team. They are. No, they, they are, are a good team. side. <laughs> Particularly at home at Bantock. <laughs> but like you know what I mean? It, we, we we wouldn't know, and I'm I don't, I'm not going to purport to know because. It's not a league I've ever. It's not a league I've ever heard of. They're not a team I've ever ever heard of. There's only a place I've heard of because it's notoriously cheap beer. That's the only only real reason. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where fair play to them. They're absolutely smashing it in their league, and they'll probably give us a really good game, as did you know the other teams we've played this year. But what's Andy got? Andy's got the Rose Gallery. Gallery What? Who are the big names? I don't recognise any of these. Who are the top three? Because they're normally right. the big ones. 
Vasil Bozikov. Oh, Bozikov, yeah, yeah, centre midfield. Yep. It says defender on here. Yep. Kadfi Rasala. Rasala, winger. Midfield. Yeah, left wing. Would you like a nan with that? Now? Yeah. <laughs> Andras Spora. He's a striker. That's the striker. Yeah. Yeah. Marin Lubacic. Lubacic is yeah. a familiar sounding name. And he sounds yeah, like no, a tennis he, player, he, actually. He, he's a defender <laughs> as well, isn't he? Lubacic. I mean, defender. there'll be someone somewhere listening who's on Football Manager who knows all these players. All these, yeah. yeah. Lubacic. He's got, he's got, Wonder he's kid. got 18 for anticipation here. We'll get complaints. Rabiu Ibrahim, who was a midfielder who played for Celtic and Kilmarnock. Of course mm. he did. And a midfielder called Nono. That name vaguely rings no, a bell. No, no. He knows cousin. Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. say. He'll score. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't really... Nono had a dream. So what do you yeah. reckon? Will, will, will this be... If we lose, are we chalking this one down as a as a, a bad one, A bad result? I mean, yeah. we, we've, that would mean we've you only g- got three points from three games. Yeah. So, yes, it's a bad result. how do we see it? But I don't know. I think you're kind of making it out as if it's kind of like... Us against you know an international team against San Marino like we're playing a bunch of plumbers or electricians and no, so not forth. That, but, it's, no, it, you know. but but um, uh, uh, we don't know enough about that league. That league could oh, be no. a standard that yeah. that it's could be worse than Scotland. Well, there's, there's a, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it could, it could be could be League One level, could be Championship mm. level. We don't know, but we can probably be safe to say that it's a lower level than the Premier League. Oh God, yeah, well, yeah, that's no, what I'm saying. That's yeah, why it would be yeah, upset. Yeah. Yeah. and that's oh, why yeah. we've got to go go there thinking we need to win that game and we should be winning that game. But with a hostile atmosphere of screeching seven-year-old children, <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, that's just a Billy Wright stand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we obviously do need to make sure we do get a win. Yeah, we've got then to the next two games in Europa League are both at home. I think on next we, we then flip round and play Bratislava at home. Yeah, and then we welcome the Turks to Molyneux. So mm. hopefully by that point we've got a few more points on the board. Um, so there we go. That's the Europa League section covered. So back to domestic matters. Uh, this Sunday, two o'clock, and it's live on Sky. <laughs> Sunday, uh, we play Newcastle, so it's looking as glum as ever on the tune at the moment, sitting in the relegation zone, having lost five games. Um, bit of an indifferent home record, and they haven't really got any top scorers of note because there's six of them all on one goal each. <laughs> so on this on the, this game, I'm deferring for the opposition view. Hooper's been scouting the forums, yeah, finding I, out the, the w- lowdown w- behind enemy lines. What have you got for us? I, I was going to attempt this in the Newcastle accent, and I thought I'm not. But I'm going <laughs> to. Tr- I don't know if it's musical. Oh, school, but I don't know if it's. I don't, uh, <laughs> Wait, sorry, <laughs> where are they from? Jamaica? Are they from? <laughs> just to say Newcastle. That's the whole thing, you know. Um, I'm going to try this little bit of music. It might come through. It might not. Um, let's just try. I just need. I just need some in the background. I'm gone. I'm gone. We go. So, there you go. Is that is that coming through? <laughs> That's this is. I, I was just had this song in my head when I was thinking about Newcastle, so I'm going to do this um, with this in the background. Um, so I went on a few forums today. Um, Toontastic and something on the Tyne. Toontastic oh, was one of the the, the forums. Um, they're not happy, are they, Newcastle fans, as you can imagine. Um, somebody called DDP says Mike Ashley <laughs> is a CU the next DDP. Tuesday. <laughs> now, I don't know if the wrestler does think that, um, but he said uh, about his match thread, I know nothing about injuries, we're at home, we're on Sky, it'll probably be on a stream. 
<laughs> that that was basically his view. They've talked about Hayden being suspended. I'll just turn this down. Uh, they're talking about going three five two. They've got the two brothers, the Longstaffs, in the middle. Uh, they've got obviously Joe Linton up up top as well. Um, so they're not particularly optimistic at the moment. They're really frustrated with how things are going from a Newcastle perspective. Um, I was just bringing up the team from the last time they played against Chelsea. Um, and they talked about the game against Chelsea on the um, the mag here, which is also one of their forums, saying how little uh, percentage of possession that they had and how frustrated that they've been. They've obviously spent money. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it would be no surprise to anybody listening right now that they are very frustrated with how things are going. Um they're not expecting much against against us. They've not started well. They've been described in the forums as the most boring team in the Premier League. Um, they've described got as shit. Yeah, <laughs> they've, they've they've got. I think Joe Linton, uh, Saint Maximilian. Um, oh, we've got a Maximilian. And yeah. Al, Al, is it Al? Is it who's the guy? Um, Almiron, Al sorry. So, so, He's done nothing. Yeah. So la- last time out, they played one up top with Joe Linton. Um, with the two Longstaff brothers in the middle and Almiran and St. Max in midfield. And then the defenders, I think they're pretty good to go at with your likes of Kieran Clark, uh, Shaw came in, Lascelles, I think, is still captain there. They're not in, in, in good form, as we know. They're, I think when I was reading the Newcastle forums, the thing that, was, that struck me was the worst type of... I think emotion as a football fan for me is about your football team. It's not about being angry. It's about being pissed off. It's about not giving a shit anymore. Mm, apathy, it's it? apathy, and and you you spot on. And it's 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 the apathy in the forums that I can see where they're not optimistic. They're not expecting too much of this season. They're 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 ridiculing Bruce. Bruce has come out to say that they need to get more goals. It's a kind of Dean Saunders type mentality. Although Bruce is definitely a better manager than him. Where. <laughs> They're not taking any sort of credence on him. I, w- I was reading up as well that what's speed them off as well is um, there was talk about, because uh, they all love Benitez, didn't they? I think some of that was a bit over the top, but anyway. Um, about Ashley was going in for Yapstam four months before Benitez left. So that's pissed them off this week. Um, there's a, there's, there's rumours of a Mexican ownership as well. Um, and again, that seems like a little bit of a false dawn as well. So that's annoyed them. You never hear that, um, do you? As far as Mexicans, consortiums and no. takeovers go, Mexicans no. don't seem to get involved. Apparently they? No. they were interested in them back in May time. Right. And it okay. fell through. So yeah. there's much hope of it. But they, they've, they've spent some money. You know, you look at Almiron, 20 million. Joe Linton, forty million. I know Joe Linton had a good goal scoring record, but they're saying so far today he's not really looked um, sort of up to scratch. But they've talked about um, uh, you know really the fact that um, yeah they're just not happy. They're just not happy. So the view from the tune, as I understand it, and I like the people up up there in Newcastle. So I'm you know you are going through a tough time, um, and they, they're not expecting much. You know, um, so yeah. The view from the tune is pretty. It's pretty bleak. Well, that's uh, why this is a banana skin fixture. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the view from the tune is they're going to thinking like a wolves win. Do we think wolves win? Yeah. As well. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, Newcastle will probably be expected to bring the game to us, which will give us the space to to exploit. It's the type of game we like to play. But I was just looking at the uh, the transfers that they've actually made. Sixty-five million they've spent. 
Mm. And they're all shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone has to just spend money, spends it on shit. I mean, yeah, Joel Linton, 40 million for 40 Joel. 40 million. Terrible. Yeah. That sent Maximin, 20 million for him. Well, that's, that's, that's 60. Well, that's, yeah. that's 2 0. With both of them scoring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll. They'll get the third. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's probably the best transfer oh, they've God, made. It's a free Carole transfer. Yeah, but he'll probably, on, he'll probably be on 100 grand a week. Yeah, Andy Carroll. Good point. So. One thing I wanted to uh, to mention is um, quite a lot of fans love going up to Newcastle because it's a good crack when it comes to the day and night drinking. So how many of us here have been to Newcastle, either in a footballing sense or in a stag do sense or anything like that at all? I think it's just me and you, Hoops. Yeah, I was going to do a show of hands, but that wouldn't work on this, would it? No. <laughs> um, sorry. So, yeah, I needed to answer that. Yeah, so no, I've, I've been. It's It's been fa- fantastic every time I've been up there. Um, Performance-wise, I think when I went last up for a game, um, we were in the Premier League, and I think, was it Gutierrez, the guy with the Mexican mask who was, was unwell, bless his name, was it Jonas? Jonas, sorry. Yeah. I think he ripped us uh, a uh, right arsehole that game, and he looked very good. And But the, the, the thing is that being at the game as well, what I quite enjoy, because we were pretty shit, is you're so high up, you can just have a look at the city, really, and just have a look round. <laughs> you can have a look at the, the time bridge and have a look at the city itself. Um, but it's a cracking place. I'm a big fan of Newcastle. It's a great night out. Uh, for anyone up there um, it's very cliche to talk about people from the north but they generally seem decent people and decent football people I remember the first game I went to probably one of my first away games my dad took me and uh, we met um, a family from Durham on holiday and they we went to the game with them and it was that first experience of my dad was parking the car and the the local guy said to us you've got to see these kids what do you mean? Oh, yeah, they're going to look after your car for you. So you have, to, you have to pay the local kids a quid to look after your car. It's that sort of community <laughs> sort of club, you know, because if you don't, your car's not going to be there on the way back. Um, it loves this football club, um, and that it's, it's a great club. But, um, yeah, I'd recommend. You had a good time there. Did I go with you, or did you go a separate time? Yeah, I can't I mean, remember. The first time I ever went was uh, we'd already been relegated. It's 2003 season, Dave Jones, and... Um, mm. Ginea scored and I'd, I'd, I'd actually yes. got a collector's item Paul Jones saving an Alan Shearer penalty mm-hmm. I was a bit of a collector's don't get many item of them, do you? you do not Jeez. get many of them at all I went upon the uh, official coach that one he was a six hour coach ride oh. which isn't something which I'd wish to repeat mm-hmm. again but mm-hmm. I lo- I, sounds like hoops I, I love Newcastle as a place that just you're so far removed from the rest of the country almost because you're mm-hmm. so far up there north east and I think we've both been to Sam Jack's before yes. too, which is basically like going to a strip club in the day, almost, but there's lots of beer involved, and, and they, it's they, always an interesting place. It's like half one in the afternoon, there's someone gilt the top off. It's 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 really <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really bizarre. Um, I think it's closed down now. I think Stu was saying earlier, but which is a shame. But the the whole sort of experience up there, they know how to do the match day well. As like you're saying, Sam Janks. Sam Janks? Sam Janks. Sam, Sam Janks. I'm just thinking of what was on the stage and that's got my words all a little bit mixed up. <laughs> um, no, great experience up there. So, yeah, I'm sure whoever's going up there, I'll have a good time. Um, but for on, on the football side of it, we've got to fancy us, haven't we? Um, I mean, even Walter Zenger got a win at uh, Newcastle. <laughs> didn't they, right? So, I think that covers us then for games. Now, we're going to go to arguably the most exciting part of the podcast which is the quiz 
So Dan has duly supplied me with the quiz question. So phones at the ready, chaps. Mm-hmm. Get your notes. I've actually apps. got a pen and paper, which I'm going to use in this instance. Old school. Yeah. Change your fortunes for hoops. That, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I might get one right. <clears throat> right. Here we go. First question. In what year did Wolves last complete a league double over Newcastle United? So... A league double over Newcastle. There's a lot of pondering going on here. We're going to need you to lock in, lock in yeah, your answers or hoops right as fast as you can. Right, yeah. Andy, what have you got? I've gone for 92-93. 92-93 for Andy. Hoops? They probably didn't even play in the same league this year. This is, you know, usually I am. But I've gone 2003. Okay. We would have been in the Premier League that year, so I think yeah. we would have played them. Okay. I'm trying to remember whether they were in the league at the same time as well, but I've gone for 2009-2010. Unfortunately, none of you got it right, but Andy was very, very close. It was 91-92. Oh, oh, one season damn out. Damn it. One season out. God che- damn it. Cheers, cheers, cheers for that question, Dan. I was minus four years old. <laughs> uh, I'm, just, I'm just looking at this next question thinking... Will Jakey get this one as well? I, I mean, <laughs> if, if you're thinking that question, I can tell you the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, question two. Former ponytailed Newcastle defender Darren Peacock yes. signed on loan from what club when he joined Wolves? Oh. I remember this well. Do you remember Sky Sports used to have that phone and show called You're On Sky Sports? Yes. yes. Rob McCaffrey. Rob McCaffrey, yeah. I remember after Darren Peacock played a particular game and he's just just this guy just he had was an awful one rant about Darren Peacock <laughs> and how shit he was and just, just send him back now send him back but what team did he come from that's the question uh, mm. and it looks like he's locked it in again I'm going to go with you first again Andy what have you got I really don't know so I've gone for Reading Reading okay I remember Oops. him at Wolves infamously but I can't remember who he signed for so I've taken a punt and I've gone Bolton Bolton I went for Fulham again just like before, no one got it, but one of you was very, very close in the same county. Hoops, it was Blackburn. Unfortunately, Ooh, not Bolton. Okay. I don't remember yeah. Blackburn. I do know you said it. <laughs> <laughs> All the nightmares have come flooding back. Yeah. Right, question three. Yet to score yet. <laughs> Sorry, Jackie. In the summer of 1998. <laughs> oh, okay. I was alive at least. <laughs> well, at least it's a good <laughs> start. At least you're alive. Former Newcastle legend Pavel Cernicek made a 45 minute appearance for Wolves in a friendly against who and what was the final score so two points and off of this question oh, who, I vaguely remember him playing for us mm. who was the opposition when he played in that 45 minute appearance and what was the final score point for each Jake has gone straight in cheers there. Dan a man who doesn't <laughs> care he's gone straight in gone straight in with the lockdown plucking names already. and numbers from the air I'm going to start with you then Jake because I can see you've, you've got it in locked in straight away so who have you gone for and what was the score? Did you say it was a friendly? Uh, yeah, it would have had to be in a friendly. Celtic 2-1. Celtic and 2-1, okay. Andy? I've gone. I've, I've put Aaron Villa, but I meant Aston Villa, 2-1. Aston Villa 2-1, and hoops? I'm going to do this thing on countdown, which they do when you show someone else, because they've got <laughs> the right one, but I am going to change it, because... I don't know if you can verify that. Yeah. I had Aston Villa 2-1 Wolves and I scribbled it out. And then I realised that we must have played a million friendlies against mid-table Spanish teams. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, although 
oh, I've, I've scribbled it out so it doesn't count anymore and it makes the game more interesting. So I'm going to go Villarreal 2 0 Wolves. Well, you all got the score wrong. It was we, we won the game three two, but we played against Spanish opposition. Oh, and it was Barcelona. Oh, oh. so you had you were on the right track, oh, there, wow. on the right right oh. thinking. And so work everyone, so well everyone is still yeah. set yet to score. <laughs> I can't believe that was twenty one years ago. But oh, I, don't, I, can't, I don't remember that well to be honest. I I thought I the remember. I, I remember the Barcelona friendly because didn't Figo play? I think yeah yeah. Um, but I didn't think Cernicek was involved. Or maybe we'd had one prior million. to that. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Right, so this is proving to be a bit of a stalemate in a minute, but on, <laughs> onwards we go. Uh, 19 years ago this week... I actually <laughs> hate you, Dan. <laughs> I actually physically hate you. 19 years ago this week, Wolves ran out 2-1 winners at the team that's currently beating Albion, Barnsley, thanks to goals from whom? So, 19 years ago this week... Wolves beat Barnsley 2-1 and who were the two goal scorers? Cast your minds back <laughs> or well Jake yeah. just plugs some names out of the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so 2000 so we're looking at what go on who do you think would have been our team at 2000? Oh, Keenan Lescott <laughs> um, <laughs> is that your choice? yeah <laughs> right so Jake is locked in Keenan Lescott by the sounds of it Keen and Richards and he's gone for Keen and Richards and who's Hoops gone for oh god um, oh, I haven't locked in you can change I, 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 I haven't locked in um, oh, oh god deviated from due process oh god um, I'm going to have to rush you <laughs> okay um, oh I've gone completely mind blank um Oh God! Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great, it's a great audio feature. This is. Yeah, <laughs> it, st- stay along at home while I think of of, t- of two players, uh, uh, Keith Curl and um, Neil Emblem, but it's wrong. But fuck. No, uh, still a stalemate. Yeah. The goal scorers were Kevin Muscat and the former Newcastle legend Tamuri Ketsbyer. Oh, I'd forgot. That crazy mentalist. <laughs> Now, come on, we're on to the last question now. So, <laughs> oh, this is proving to be a bit of, It's going to be a 1 0 win. This is for someone, isn't it? Right. Celebrity Newcastle fan, and I appreciate this. I really appreciate this chap's name being mentioned. Celebrity Newcastle fan Jimmy Nails, classic track, <laughs> Croc- Crocodile Shoes, peaked at number four in the singles chart in 1994. <laughs> Cheers, Dan! <laughs> but what defender finished on four goals that season? <laughs> what a <laughs> reference! Nineteen ninety-four. Defender finished on four goals. Okay, right. okay. I'm not going to deliberate as long this time. <laughs> Apologies. Okay, I'm locked. Are in. we all locked in there? There was some. There was a subtle hint in the the group chat about this earlier. Was there? There, there oh. was a yeah. There's a player's image was shared, and he's the said answer. So who have you, who have you gone oh. for? What have you gone for? I know the answer now, but the answer I've gone for was Mark Venus. Mark Venus? Yeah, I know it is now, but to be fair, I went with Andy Thompson. I went with Lescott again. <laughs> is your I answer, was minus two. Is your answer John DeWolf? <laughs> yes, <laughs> the answer is John DeWolf. <laughs> yeah, because he scored a hat-trick against Port Vale, didn't he? He did. Mm. Yes. And yeah. this, the tie break. this quiz has gone down for tie break because you're all terrible. This is awful. Right, so, so, we're so sorry. This is the worst. <laughs> anything, anything from this decade, So please, sorry. Though. So, the tiebreaker. 
How many, speaking of Tamiri Ketsbyer, how many international goals did Tamiri Ketsbyer finish on for the Georgian national team? So how many goals did that mad bastard Tamiri Ketsbyer <laughs> score for Georgia? And mad and a bastard he is. Closest indeed. wins, just and that someone's going to win it off closest wins. Yeah, puts it out of their misery. <laughs> closest will will win. Right, so Hoops has gone in. I'll, I'll go in. I, I, it was a difficult one because we've we've kept Spire. Um, it, it's when he wanted to play, isn't it? Really, although he probably played a number of times. I've gone with thirty-four. Thirty-four. Okay. See, I, I've gone with a. 24, thinking that he probably played a few, pissed the manager off, and exactly. never got picked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 24 goals, 19, 19. Right. Can we have a clear winner, a clear winner, and it uh, oh. is. Despite all the questions being about 90s based, he's come oh. away with a win oh. on the title. Off his arse, 1-0, 95th <laughs> minute. So, no, Dan's tried his best to screw you over here with, with the 90s questions. You've come out with the winner. He scored 17 goals. Oh. Have team. that, Dan. So, have them apples. Here's a fine talk from Jackie. Now, unfortunately, we don't have a Twitter corner this week because I don't think the question was asked <laughs> on Twitter. So... I think we're going to have to call the podcast to a close there. Mm. So, If you've got any, put them in and we'll answer them next week or during the week. Or we could just reply to you on Twitter. We'll just yeah. reply to <laughs> yeah. Twitter if, if the, the question is deemed worthy enough of answering. <laughs> so let's have a goodbye from Jake. Goodbye. Goodbye from Hoops. Goodbye. And a goodbye from Andy. See ya. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.